Well, good morning. My name is Jason, one of the pastors here at Community Church, and I'm really glad each and every one of you is here this morning as we just sang about the faithfulness of God, the unchanging nature of God. Some of you can look back and just give testimony, give witness, give examples of God's faithfulness. Some of you this morning, though, maybe even singing that song was hard. And you look back and it's like you're going through a tough time right now. Wherever you are in that, I am really glad that you're here. As Brad has already mentioned, today's a little bit of a unique Sunday in that we are celebrating, we are highlighting our impact partners. And, and really this idea of partnership. Sometimes we hear words and we're like, what do those words really mean? And where did those words come from? And we didn't just pull the word partnership out of thin air. It is a biblical word. I want to take you quickly to uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians. In, in Philippians 1.3, Paul says this. He's, he's in jail and he's praying for this church. And he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. From the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This word partnership in the Greek, it's koinonia. It can mean fellowship. It can mean participation. But it is a deep, rich biblical word that we want to highlight this morning. And one of the things I want to do at the front here is welcome our impact partners. So if you're one of our impact partners, I would invite you now to just stand up. Go ahead. We've got Jim and April. We've got Jill, Ron and Patty. I don't think I'm missing anybody here. Uh, our impact, we've, we've got Rachel and Cade Ferguson and their family. They're back with our kiddos today, teaching them all kinds of great stuff and sharing about what's going on in Brazil with world renewal. But we're going to take a moment now, and we're going to pray for our impact partners. Some will be in second service. All of our partners will be represented at our lunch today after second service. Okay, so um, if you didn't sign up for our lunch too bad, you're out of luck. No, come join us. You'll get a chance to, to meet some of our partners and really figure out some concrete ways you can pray and engage with our partners. Great opportunities for our kids as well to get a glimpse of a vision of what it's like to think beyond Greenwood and the ministry that God has for us. But I want to take a moment now and pray for our partners, and we're going to... Um, uh, thank God for the resources he's given us. Know this, that when you give here at Community Church, part of that giving goes to support the work of our partners right here in Greenwood and really across the globe. So let's take a moment and let's pray together. Father, we do thank you. Oh, do we thank you for our partners. We thank you for this rich concept of partnership in the gospel. So Lord, this morning we thank you for all of our partners. 
at the Hope Center, the Refuge, Coffee House 5, Hands of Hope, Matt and Brittany with Campus Outreach, Ron and Patty and Beth right here at home with OMS. We thank you for David and Marcy in Alaska and John in Texas, Steve and Monica with Wycliffe Bible Translators. We thank you for our international partners, the Boaz Project. We thank you for Jem and April and Jill. Lord, we thank you for World Renewal, for Telly and Heather and Rachel and Cade, Pastor Ricardo with Fiera Nova. Lord, we thank you for Greg and Shirley, Rod and Beth, Dave and Marilyn, and Margaret, all with OMS. Whether it's in Brazil, Australia, Taiwan, Haiti, Mexico, Lord, we're thankful for our partners. We're thankful for the work that you've done in them and through them. So, Lord, as we give back now, would you take those resources? Would you multiply them in a powerful way to build your church and your kingdom? And now, Lord, as we share from your word briefly about a vision for what it means to have impact, as we hear from our pastors and partners, Lord, would you touch our hearts this morning? Would you fill our minds with a vision of your goodness and your love that compels us to share. Guide us in these efforts, Lord. I pray that my words and all of our words are clear and helpful and bring you glory and honor and burn off whatever doesn't do those things. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to be our teacher this morning. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, this morning as we you know, as I was thinking about, you know, how do we get a sense of all that God has called us to do, all the ways that God is working through our partners in a short time? How do we actually do that? So here's what we're going to do this morning. I'm going to share a little bit around some of our values, some of the principles. How many of you have been to the cafe over here? How many of you have gotten a cup of coffee? or a donut. How many of you have walked by that wall and you've seen words on it, and if I gave you a quiz right now, what's on the wall, how many of you would fail miserably? Okay, maybe some of you would. So part of, part of what we want to do is bring to life some of those words that are on a wall, some of those people, real people that are on the map, in real places, doing real work to advance the kingdom and build up the church. We want to talk about that. This is the, you know how you do like show and tell in kindergarten? I'm going to give you the tell part. Then we're going to do a little bit more show. We're going to have Pastor Dean, Pastor Matt, going to talk about local and global. And then Jim and April Jurgensen with the Boaz Project are going to help us illustrate some of these values. So we can both get a biblical foundation but also a little bit of a picture of what it looks like on the ground. And then after second service, around noon or so, we're going to have a lunch, and you can go around and talk to and learn more about all of our individual partners. So it's going to be an awesome morning. I'm so thankful for uh, this opportunity that God has given to us 
to really show what he's doing. And then how you and me and all of us can be partners and engage in the work that God has called us to do. So in a few minutes, just here, I'm going to give you a biblical foundation for what we do. That's always a good introduction to something, amen? A biblical foundation for what we do. We believe God's word is true, it's inspired, and it should be the foundation for all that we do. So we'll start with uh, some big words from Jesus, always a good place. Here at Community Church, we, we are a community, which is another way you might translate that word partnership, koinonia. We're a community who sees and shares the hope of Jesus together, all right? And, and Jesus left us with these great words in Matthew 28, 16. He said this, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I don't think we can get more foundational than that, than the Great Commission. You know, as I look out and I think of our partners, One Mission Society, OMS, one of the ways they describe what they do is engaging the one to reach the many. What a picture of disciples training disciples. Wonderful illustration of fleshing out this vision that Jesus gives his disciples and gives us. And then before his, uh, as he's commissioning the disciples in, in the book of Acts, he says this, Acts 1-6, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They're ready to fight. They're ready to bring this thing into action. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the, the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What a comprehensive vision that Jesus gives us. It's clear, it's comprehensive, and it is a community effort. Now, upon that foundation, I want to give you four values that are on the wall. This is the tell part. You'll get the show part here in a, in a few moments. But the first is this, Share gospel truth. Share gospel truth. This is the good news. This is the message, the core fundamental message that Jesus has defeated the power of sin and death and rescues all who believe in him. It is a message to declare. It is a truth to share. Gospel of Mark says it this way. He said to them, 
go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. As we think of our own impact partners, you know, whether it's campus outreach at IU and Purdue and other places, whether it's Wycliffe Bible translators literally bringing the Word of God to people groups who haven't had it before, whether it's on the streets in Brazil, wherever that may be, it is a core value to share gospel truth. Whether it's in well-funded college lecture halls or dirt roads, it is to share gospel truth. A second value is to seek justice in restoration. Justice in restoration. These are loaded terms in our culture right now, but they are biblical words. May we get back, maybe we recapture what God's Word has to say about these terms. Jesus tells us to make disciples and to teach them to obey all that he has commanded. This is more than simply an agreement that says this is true. There's a command to actually live these things out. There is a devotion to Jesus. I'm going to go old school and give you an Oswald Chambers quote. He says, there is a difference between devotion to a principle and devotion to a person. Jesus Christ never proclaimed a cause. He proclaimed personal devotion to himself. And part of fleshing that out is, friends, may our hearts break for for what breaks God's heart. May our hearts be aligned with his We see throughout Scripture, God has a particular love and care for the vulnerable, the poor, the widow, the immigrant, and the orphan. Micah 6, 8, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Jesus in Matthew 25 says, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Some of you this morning as you walk in, you know the context of these passages. You've got a deep understanding. Some of you are like brand new to this whole thing. And I would encourage you in this, read the Gospels, get a picture of Jesus. We're going to be focusing a lot on that in this upcoming year. But there is a core value to seek justice and restoration for whatever breaks God's heart to break our hearts. Third value is to influence the next generation. Paul says this in Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Throughout all generations. What a picture. What a picture that he gives us. So what does this look like for us? Exciting to see what our kids are going to be hearing about 
from Rachel and Kate and activities they're going to be doing around world renewal in Brazil. And when you think of, and, and I've, I've been to those places, had the opportunity to go to Brazil this summer and see what God is doing there. To see how God will grow a church up out of, in an impoverished area where kids don't have so many of the opportunities that we do here. Or whether that's helping students clarify what they believe and why they believe it. But we care about the next generation. And then finally, it's to build up churches. To build up churches. I'll just give you one passage from Ephesians 3, verse 10. Again, this is Paul, and he says his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. How does God work? God works through the church. He works through the church. And here at Community Church, and I want to invite Pastor Dean and Pastor Matt, they're going to come up. And now we're going to get to the fun part. This is the show part. This is the concrete, this is what I can, I can do part and what God is doing. So uh, first of all, uh, let's give these guys a hand, Matt and Dean. <clears throat> Matt's our worship pastor. Dean is our discipleship pastor, and that's their primary thing, but they're also, they run point for local and global impact. So I'll start with Matt. Matt, give us a, just a glimpse of some of the things you're excited about when it comes to local impact. Yeah, so just a recap of who we consider our local impact partners, that is Hope Center, Hands of Hope, uh, Northeast Elementary, The Refuge, and Coffeehouse Five are kind of the partners that we've said locally, here's who we're going to be involved with and what we're going to funnel our efforts into. And so I just wanted to talk this morning a little bit about what um, we've done so far, kind of what local impact has looked like, maybe over the last year and a half or so. Uh, we've got some pictures we're going to show you. The first is uh, just a collection of when you've participated with Hands of Hope, Hope Gifts um, has been uh, happening over the last number of Christmases here. And uh, that's just a picture from some of our volunteers who have brought uh, those bags. It's a room filled with tons and tons of bags of the presents that you bought and participated in on Sunday mornings. We've had those envelopes out there. So that's one way that we have partnered with Hands of Hope. There's going to be some more opportunities kind of coming up in the future for us to uh, partner with them. Uh, but this morning I want to talk uh, primarily and focus some of our attention on uh, our partnership with Northeast Elementary. It's not a traditional kind of local impact partner so much as a school that we have developed a relationship with um, over the last number of years. Some of you have been here for a long time, remember Party in the Park uh, with Northeast Elementary. If that is brand new to you, that's okay. We have uh, reinstituted a relationship with this school in a pocket of Greenwood uh, that is in need of just some more resources and people to be invested in their school. And so Amy Sander, who is the principal there, she and I have worked together at finding some ways to be able to benefit uh, Northeast Elementary. And one of those ways was just this last year. There's a picture of a crew of, of people from this church who showed up to help move classrooms. And what we did is we just showed up on a uh, Thursday morning and, and they said, hey, we're, uh, we're renovating right now and we just need volunteers to come and move 
desks and chairs and stuff from one classroom to the next. And so we showed up with a team there on that morning, moved stuff around. We came a couple more times throughout the summer just to kind of help out, uh, get them ready for the next school year as they transitioned and, and changed out some carpet. And then another thing that we were invited to do was to help serve and provide breakfast for their staff and administration uh, just a month ago. And so we showed up on, on a Friday morning, the one just before winter break, and we brought breakfast. And that was actually provided by a number of volunteers from our church. Uh, we tapped into Joy 55 Plus to kind of provide some of that. And uh, Jason was there, and he cooked on his Blackstone, which he never tells you about his Blackstone. <laughs> but he was there uh, providing uh, a lot of scrambled meal for them. And um, we had volunteers show up, and then there was a, a picture of some teachers all eaten there um, in, the, in, in, the, in their library. Um, and then just the last thing I want to uh, let you know about is just some opportunities for you to actually be involved. And one of those with Northeast is this program that we just started with in the last year called Lunch Buddies. Uh, Amy has asked, and Jamie, their student services coordinator, has asked us if we could just have adults show up during the day while kids are in school to sit and eat lunch with them. We have about three or four of us who've been a part of that. Um, and I have heard so many stories of what it's meant to students and then to also the adults who've been doing that. So if you are interested in serving in that way, uh, just a real easy way, one time a week, to sit with a kid for 30 minutes over their lunch and just hang out, color, play games, uh, read a book, just ask questions because we've already seen some really cool stuff uh, happen with these kids. And then the last thing I wanna make sure that you're aware of uh, that's concerning local impact is something we started this last summer, a code compliance help. Um, I met with a code compliance officer with uh, the Greenwood Police Department. I said, how can we serve families who are just, they, for whatever reason, they can't meet code here in Greenwood. And during this last summer, we said five or six, seven different groups of people who went out and mowed lawns or trimmed weeds. And the officer reached out to me and said, hey, we have this family who is, they don't have enough income to be able to find someone to mow their lawn. Would you guys be able to come and help and serve? And so we, we gave this card to officers who were going around Greenwood and giving them out to uh, homes that need them. And so that's a way, just a couple ways that if you want to serve practically, kind of here in Greenwood, uh, that you can do that. And that's just uh, kind of one of the arms of, of local impact. Yeah, exciting stuff. So Matt, you're, you're gonna be available at the lunch for people who want uh, more information. All right, Pastor Dean, let's kick it to you and let's talk about uh, global impact. Good. Good morning, everybody. Uh, it's exciting on a day like this to remind ourselves that the Lord Jesus Christ is the God of missions. You know, it's why he came for us. When you think about it, he came for us. At Christmas time, we heard the familiar verses, uh, today is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And Jesus said during his ministry, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That's why he came for us. But he also calls to us. Pastor Jason shared those verses in Matthew 28, Acts 1, Mark 16. It says we are to go. We are to go. Jesus said to, he said, a disciple is not uh, above his teacher, but everyone when they are fully trained will be like his teacher. And we're called to be like Jesus. He calls to us. And so we're pretty excited about that. But the Lord Jesus not only is the God of missions, he's the God of missions who impacts us, changes us because of missions. Uh, he has led me over the years to be on uh, 13 different international missions trips to nine different countries. And he's taught me during that time that, uh, one, it's an opportunity to serve the Lord. Uh, second of all, it's to 
uh, an opportunity to support our local missionaries and the people they're influencing. And thirdly, it's an opportunity to grow spiritually myself, and they certainly have done that. Henry Martin was a missionary to Persia and India, and he had this great quote. He said, the spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions, and the nearer we draw to him, the more intensely missionary we will become. Isn't that good? It's a great reminder on that. So we want to provide some opportunities in 2024 and beyond to uh, serve and to have missions impact your life. So some of the possibilities here for 2024, we're going to show them. One is with the Williamsons in Taiwan. We took a team last year for them. They have a special needs baseball program and then also working with some local churches in the area. Working with um, uh, local pastors and men's ministry and living for the kingdom down in El Salvador, an opportunity coming up as well. A few years ago in December, a great tornado hit Mayfield, Kentucky. They're still recovering. We have an opportunity to have a relief effort to go to Mayfield, Kentucky. Pastor Jason mentioned about Brazil, working with Pastor Telly and World Renewal and Rachel and Living Stones. Uh, that's coming up at the end of June, beginning of July. Alaska, the Josephs, uh, the church facility there, the people there, the opportunity to take a work team and actually do some construction and, and help that facility there to allow more ministry to take place. Uh, Sullivan, Indiana, a year ago, coming up, uh, was also devastated by a tornado, and we have an opportunity to put a team together to go and do some relief work there for four or five days. And then the last couple in Haiti, uh, working with the Grafenbergers in the northern part of Haiti, working in a Christian school, K through 12, uh, doing some teaching and helping teachers and also providing some medical assistance. And finally, the Boaz Project with the Jurgensons, a trip going to India to do vacation Bible school and a trip going to Kenya also for vacation Bible school. So uh, stop by our table. Uh, and get a chance to, to see the spirit of Christ, the spirit of missions, and how he may be calling to you. Well, thanks, guys, for sharing. Let's give them another hand here. That's a lot of information, a lot of opportunities. What is your next step? If you're interested in any of those things, go see them at the lunch. Well, I want to welcome uh, Jim and April. I want to bring them up. And uh, as we're doing that, I want to put those four values back up on the screen because part of what I want to do right now is help have a picture of what some of these values actually look like. We could go to any of our impact partners and, you know, flesh out what they do, but Jim and April are going to give us, from their vantage point, a little bit of picture of what it looks like to share gospel truth, seek justice and restoration influence the next generation, and then build up churches. But Jim, I'm going to start with you because you have deep roots at Community Church of Greenwood. How, how deep do they go? 47 years deep. Wow. So let's do some math here. How old were you? <laughs> 40, I, was, I wasn't born. I was, you know, I was right. a newborn when I showed up at church. No, I was, I was eight. Yeah, and, and just give us a real quick, uh, you've had quite a busy December. Give us a, 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 
just a window into what it's like to be a missionary, what it's like to be an impact partner here. So in December, we flew over 17,000 miles traveling around the world in December, uh, languished over 80 hours in airports, and spent over, 100 hour, 100, um, over 130 hours um, in hotels in December. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. Well, thanks so much uh, for being here and for sharing. So, uh, April, tell us a little bit more about the, the BOAS project, especially for those who might be newer with us and not have the background. So the BOAS project inspires and equips leaders around the world to care for orphans in their own communities. We currently work with 21 children's homes in seven different nations, and we do it by assisting orphans, giving them things they need like food and shelter and education, make sure they hear the gospel. Uh, we support their caregivers, both financially and with training in how to care for kids from trauma and with a robust prayer support network. And then lastly, engaging people like you. We believe that every Christ follower has a role to play, some way to care for orphans, and so we try to provide those. Yeah, amen to that. Well, let's talk about that first value of gospel truth. So what's that? Help us understand that a little bit more. So I often refer to the gospel as the great adoption because it is absolutely fascinating to me that God would choose us when we have nothing to offer him and he would pay such a great price to make us his own. And so I believe that um, we are sharing gospel truth not only by partnering with caregivers who are repeatedly sharing the gospel with the children in their care, but they're also modeling it in their Hindu and Muslim and atheist communities. And when they're asked, why do you take all these kids in? Why do you make the sacrifices you make? They are able to explain that it's just a natural response to what Christ has done for them. Yeah. What a beautiful picture of that. And then let's talk about that next value, which is really how, you, how we kind of live that, live that out. And that's to, to seek justice and reconciliation. So help us understand that a little bit more. Yeah, I believe biblical justice is to care for the least of these. And you mentioned the specific four people groups that are near to, to God's heart. When we show the least of these that they are worthy and they are loved and we give them the opportunity to become everything God created them to be, I believe that is practicing justice. So, for example, I believe that every child deserves to grow up in a safe, loving environment and to be exposed to the gospel repeatedly. When we provide that, we are providing justice. And then restoration, God, the whole word, to me, restoration is an overarching theme of the Bible and God's plan to restore creation to the perfection that he designed it in. One day there will be no more sin, no more death, no more orphans. And we get pictures of that along the way. Psalm 68 says that God places the lonely in families. And so when we provide loving families for these orphans, we're modeling God's character mm. in, mm. in re restoration. Yeah, what a beautiful picture of God entering into the brokenness of, of our world. So let's look forward a little bit, uh, and let's talk about the next generation. What, what's that look like, Jim? So for the Boaz Project, it looks like, as April said, us supporting caregivers who are bringing children in, bringing orphans into their homes directly, 
of all kinds of beliefs, as April mentioned, Muslim, atheists, Hindus into their homes, and then helping them experience Jesus with flesh on, his kindness and his love as they care for these children, and then obviously offering them an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as their personal savior. Yeah. So then finally, we have this role of building up the church. And when I, when I was first thinking about your ministry, I didn't see this one quite as clearly, but as you're going to share with us, uh, there's a lot that you're doing. So Jim, tell us a little bit about that. So the way we kind of help the local church um, practically work out is we want, you, we want to help you find your role in, in caring for orphans. We believe, as April said, that every Christ, if you call yourself a Christ follower, then you are called to care for the orphan. Um, one way, is, as Pastor Dean um, spoke about earlier, and that's taking a short-term trip with the Boaz Project. We're taking a trip in November of this year to um, El Shaddai Children's Home. That's the home that this body supports directly. They rely on those funds. We would love for you to meet and interact with the children at El Shaddai. Another way um, is advocacy and trying to help you find your place by training you in, in how to care and how to advocate for orphans. If you're an individual and you want training in that, we offer a five-level course. In two weeks, we're going to be kicking off an advocacy training program for families. We'd love for you to be involved in that as well. And then lastly is just giving to Community Church of Greenwood. Um, that, the, this body supports um, our ministry directly. And by giving to Community Church of Greenwood, you are helping orphans. On top of all of that, one of the things that excites me most is seeing that the Boaz Project is actually building up the church globally as well because an amazing uh, percentage of the children who grow up in our homes are going into full-time ministry as pastors and evangelists because once they have experienced this great adoptive love, once they know the transformative love of Jesus, they're eager to share it. And so we're watching them build the church, and that is, is amazing. What a picture. Stop and think about that for a moment. So orphans who came in, no hope, no opportunity, and now God is using them to build up his church. Amen. Amen. What a picture. What a picture. Let's give Jim and April a hand here. And, you know, again, if you want to learn more about what God is doing through the Boaz Project, stick around for the lunch. They'd be glad to answer specific questions. Um, I don't know about you, but as I've heard a lot of these things, my, my mind is just full of the different opportunities and different ways we can pray, different ways we can engage. But what's really, really important is get to know the people here. Because when we get to know people in those places it just goes from something on a wall to something in our heart. And I would encourage you to, to find out more and get to know them and our other partners better. Well, they're going to stay up here for a moment, and we're going to come now to the communion table. And I want you to think about this word, partnership, for just a moment. This word koinonia, it's, it's also used to actually describe 
communion. What we do, it's a participation in the body of Christ. It's a participation in the blood of Christ. It's a, it's a remembering of what Jesus did for us. And as we talk about adoption, it's one of the facets of the gospel that we can shine and see what God did for us, that he loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us, and he adopted us into his family. And here at Community Church, when we come to the communion table, we come as a, as a family, as those who've put their faith and trust in Jesus. doesn't mean you've got it all figured out, but it does mean you've said, yes. You might even say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. But you've taken that step. So I'm going to pray here in just a moment, and then we'll open up the table to receive. But what do, what do we do when we engage here in communion? We remember that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he gathered his disciples in the upper room. And after giving thanks, he, he broke the bread and gave it to him, said, this is my body given for you. Take eat, do this in remembrance of me. And the same way he took the cup and said, this, this cup represents the, the new covenant that, that blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. So just as we receive the bread, we also receive the cup. And we proclaim the Lord's death, and we look forward to his return. We look forward to that day of ultimate restoration, ultimate healing of the brokenness of our world. So I'm going to pray, and then when you're ready, you're invited to come to the table and receive the elements on your own. So let's pray. Father, we do thank you. Oh, do we thank you for your love, your goodness, your adoption, that we can call you Father, that we can be brothers and sisters in Christ, and we can come to the table and receive together. So we ask now, Lord, that you would, your spirit would work in us, examine our own hearts as we receive. As we receive, we simply want to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for us. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.